It's good to be back with my trigger-proof transmission, but I want to wait and see. We've been having some audio issues, and this is a very important transmission for you today. It's been the subject of many messages that people in this group have been um, requesting of me, the trainings that they wanted. Hey, Les. Leslie, can you hear me? I'm just going to be, hey, Yanni, before I keep going, we just jumped on, this is 30 seconds in, I need a thumbs up from you or something. How is my audio? Is it cutting off? Is it cutting off? Can you hear it? Okay, does my voice cut off? Because I reset everything. I need to know before I go on if you can hear me okay. Because no issues. Okay, great. Boy, am I excited to share this. Now, I got permission before I want to say this. I'm going to tell you something today that is very triggering for me. Thanks, Diana. By the way, Diana Romani is my wife. Woohoo. And in respect to my wife, I asked her if it's okay for me to share what I'm about to share with you. I needed her permission first, and she said yes. <clears throat> At first, she didn't think it was a good idea, and then I explained my position. And uh, she gave me the, th the, the thumbs up. And I want to talk about insecure attachment styles and why they're important and why, they're, why we're even having this conversation is because, let's face it, the goal of any type of inner work that we do must lend to having a better experience of life. That's why we, ha that's why we examine ourselves. Number one, as Socrates says, an unexamined life is a life not worth living number one. Number two, the purpose of self-examination is so that we can enhance the experience of life. And I have been very curious about that ever since my training as a chiropractor. I'm helping people have better experiences of life because if with their aches and pains and their stuckness in their nervous systems, they can't play with their grandkids, they can't golf, they can't have sex, whatever it is they, they can't do, my job was to help enhance their experience of life. And in my own search, in my own journey of understanding, I realized that the number one thing that will be the predictor of a satisfying life, by life I mean how much time you got left. <laughs> we actually did this exercise. I'd like for you to do this right now. Take a moment. Take this. This is a perfect time. I want you to, and I want you to write the answer down. There are 365 days out of the year take your calculator out right now there's 365 days out of the year and let's say you live to be 90 okay so if I live to be let's say I need live to be 95 I have a full life 95 years old minus 44 95 so 95 minus 44 equals 51 years left times 365 equals now if I'm gonna live to be 95 that means I have this many days left. This is a really great perspective. This is an amazing, this is an amazing exercise I want you to do. We do this with our clients all the time. It's just wake up. This is kind of like, wake the fuck up. Okay, good. So wake up. That's how many days I have left. Now, here's the interesting thing that I discovered in this whole game is I, when I'm awake, have a say in how those days go. I can choose, if I'm awake, to have those days be full of contribution to others, prosperity and abundance in receiving, 
um, connection. This is what makes the experience of life worth it. That's it. I have agency. I have a say in how those days are going to go. Yes or no? What are, what's the number that you had? Leslie, 1760. Okay, cool. The next thing I want you to understand is, Leslie, you have a say in how those 17,060 days go. But most people, especially outside of this group, this community, have no fucking clue that they have a say in that. In other words, they're living under the illusion that they don't have agency, that it's up to somebody else, it's up to a boss, it's up to the government, it's up to something, God, something outside of them has power over how those 17, 18,000 days go. 20,000, depending on how old you are listening. You have a say. Now here's the other part that I wanted to make you aware of. You don't have a say when you don't know you have a say. <laughs> In other words, you don't know what you don't know. In other words, the first half of life, as James Hollis says, is a gigantic mistake. Is that you think that you've had a say. You think that you've been the one in control. But in actuality, you haven't. You have been governed in your body by these unconscious, what he calls, complexes as uh, Carl Jung calls, these unconscious complexes which are really old traumas and relationship patterns and dynamics that are unconscious have been at the helm governing you and you don't even know it. And the gift of a crisis or a gift of a divorce, gift of relationship breakdowns, the gift that I got two years ago in the breakdown of that relationship was that I had to actually look at myself, which I didn't really feel like doing because I was too ashamed to do that. So that's the first hurdle that we must overcome is the ugh, the shame of looking at ourselves. Many people don't even go there. Many people would rather not, so they delegate to others. They, they're the ones that usually get chronic illnesses. Their bodies start to fall apart because their bodies are desperately getting them to pay attention. It's, I want you to look at the unconscious mind as this younger child inside of you that's going like this. Please, please stop ignoring me. Stop abandoning me. And it will make every effort it can, including making you extremely unhealthy, chronically pain, chronic pains, chronic fatigue, chronic um, uh, illness, chronic illness, chronic fatigue, chronic pain. Those are the patterns I would see with my patients are the body's last ditch effort to say, please, please stop abandoning me and pay attention to me. And we can all try to put on these pills and these vitamins, which are helpful, of course, but there's no pill. What pill or what adjustment even as a chiropractor can solve a problem caused by persistent self-abandonment that was a learned behavior in your childhood? And so what happens is we then, based on those unconscious complexes, create insecure attachments in our relationships. Your relationship, my relationships, were a flood of information. If I'm willing to look, if I'm willing to unpack it, if I'm willing to take responsibility, which most people don't want to do, to take a look and go, hmm, 
how has this been a repetition? Yes, I'm going to put down, like, I really want to blame that bitch. I really want to blame that narcissistic asshole. And yes, I have every right to be hurt by the things that they did or didn't do for me and how they abandoned me and how they said one thing and they did another. I'm not taking away your right to feel those things at all. I'm inviting you to actually heal because those that heal have made this one leap. And here's the leap. The leap that tells the person, that gives the person the permission to actually go, how was this a repetition from my past? And so what I discovered was, and I'm going to share this with you vulnerably here, that my choices in my relationships were not done cognitively. I mean, I look back. This is why you look back and you go, what the fuck was I thinking? How stupid was I? And the truth is, it's not that you were stupid. It's not that you made a mistake. There were no mistakes. It's that at that time, your child mind and your adult mind, here's you have, you want to make decisions from your adult mind. Like, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start something, you know, powerful and I'm going to lead and I'm going to, you know what I mean? I'm going to start eating right. But then the child mind that feels still unaddressed, that feels still abandoned, and completely sabotage. And so when I look back on my choices of relationships, they were made based on a wound, based on the wound of a two-year-old little boy that was really needing the affection and attention of his mother, but who wasn't there because when he was pre-verbal, mom left for three months to explore emigrating to Canada with his twin brother. Not because she was trying to be mean, but that was just as far as resources, all she could do. <clears throat> and what that did was that had me not trust the feminine. I lived in my body in a way that that the feminine and being seen by the feminine, it, was no, it wasn't safe. It wasn't safe to trust love from the feminine. So how did I show up in relationships? Well, I didn't really want to commit to one. Even though I said I did here, my adult brain said, you know what, we're going to just fucking do it. I'm 31, fuck, grow up, Nima. Fucking grow up and get married. And I did because I thought I should from my adult mind. But that pesky little child mind of Nima, who hadn't yet been healed and hadn't yet been addressed and acknowledged, started fucking driving the bus. Let me know if you can resonate with this. Okay, let me know if you can resonate with this because I'm about to share some, some truth bombs with you. And so I could not, I showed up as the avoidant in, in, in relationships. In other words, I was in, but I wasn't fully in. I blocked my intimacy. I blocked myself from fully getting in, attached. And I had a couple of others on the sides, on the sidelines, just in case this one abandoned me. Let me know if you can resonate with that shit, okay? <laughs> Let me know uh, if you can resonate with that. My healing needs to be on a continuum. Exactly, Kara. 100% true. And I'm getting to that. And so the first step, though, you took the step, Kara, and we unpacked where it all came from. Many people haven't really looked. And so as soon as I saw that attachment wound come up, and I was like, oh... 
it's time for me to change my relationship with that younger part of me that I had abandoned all along. In fact, in one of my meditations that I did, <clears throat> I can't believe I'm talking about inner child stuff. Like you would two years ago, you would have caught me dead talking about that stuff. It really works. And I started the process of healing my attachment wounds. And after my last breakup, which was totally shameful, which was totally like everything all over the place, some of you actually were privy to that, you know. Leslie, you were there. Kara, you were there. It was incredibly humiliating. And I did the absolute unthinkable. I put my place up on Airbnb and I moved back in with my parents. My mother, who didn't know how to, doesn't, didn't, still has got some challenges like the rest of us, with regulating her emotions. And when a son is going through a challenge, like I did a divorce years ago, uh, career change, all of these challenges, they don't do well when their kid is having a challenge. Instead of being there as a support, kind of in the way that I would have liked, which is empathy, understanding, it was met with resistance and I told you so, and ah, which all comes from their wounded ego feeling responsible and bringing themselves into it, which is how intergenerational trauma happens. That's how they were parented, and that's how they're parenting us, and here we are in this complex dynamic, and now I have an opportunity to heal it. And I had to get out of that. This was the hardest thing that I had to do because I had said energetically that I was over the story of my parents. I would say that, yeah, you know what, and I would do the work here, but actually there was still a two-year-old inside of me that did not, was still angry and hurt that his mother uh, abandoned him. And this was a fucked up, this is going to sound weird, but in those three months that I was healing and I moved in with my parents, it's almost like I gave my mother energetically a chance to make up for her guilt because she was holding on to a lot of guilt and so was my father because of all of that. And so as I started to patch up and heal those wounds, not just here or just by pretend, but actually heal it here to be able to truly see my parents for who they were, not as these monsters who are, you know, the, as human beings who are at the effect of their intergenerational trauma, but I really got that here. It wasn't just, I'm just talking shit. It wasn't just, I'm just kind of placating for spiritual kind of, uh, what do they call, bypass. No, I actually went and did the work and actually felt and cried the tears and had more tears in those three months than I had in about, I don't know, 40 years of my life, and I allowed myself to feel the grief of that little two-year-old boy and actually started to heal, truly heal from a felt sense body-based perspective. And according to, um, what's her name, Dr. Shafali, this is a two-year process. And this is why this group is about, is to carry you through this two-year process of healing and support through this journey of healing that that younger part of you. Now why is that important? Because if you don't, you will continuously fall under the same patterns in your relationships because you unconsciously can't help it get pulled to the familiar. Like now, like what I would get pulled to because of those complexes are wounded women, highly sexual, highly sexualized. My ex was a stripper and a uh, uh, high-end escort and ran an escorting business online. And so I was so fascinated by that. I was like, ah, my dark passenger was like, 
Woohoo! Even though my higher self was like, what the fuck are you doing? Putting her in, you know, control of your, your whole company, right? And so, again, governed by my emotional brain, I was able to then heal that and really fully integrate over time. And it's an ongoing process that never ends. And now when I would start dating again, this is what happened. I would start dating again, took some time off of, uh, of, of distracting myself with women. That was my go-to, is that, okay, well, you know what? I can now distract myself from the feeling of loneliness, the feeling of abandonment by dating a lot of women. That was kind of my go-to. Let me know if you can kind of resonate or relate to this. And so when I started dating again, I was, you know, having my, you know how Geo, uh, Geo was one of the coaches that we hired uh, to help us through navigate. I've developed a friendship with her and she talks about having a man funnel when women are dating to create a funnel of men that she's getting to know different people and everybody's got their own opinion of, you know, what, what, you know, if that's appropriate or not, but I had my woman funnel back on and I went back to my old patterns and I would notice, you know, I'm not going to basically, you know, give myself to somebody who's not really into healing herself either and seeing the relationship as a, as a place to heal and evolve and grow together. But I would date, I was dating around and getting my, you know, uh, social needs met as as they say and then when I met Diana it was interesting and this is where the whole secure attachment going from insecure attachment which is avoidant which the avoidant in me didn't want to fully engage with one woman and fully invest in fears of her pulling away that's my two-year-old self again but what I discovered was in this union it was so interesting was I could now enter it consciously that that's who I am, that's part of my past, and when I get triggered, that's exactly what's going to likely show up. My need to bail, my need to, when there's challenge, to start texting other people to get that admiration and approval elsewhere. It's kind of like my egoic need. <laughs> I have an aha moment. Interesting. I know, Leslie, this was, I had you in mind in this. Um, so, what ends up happening is I know that those are my patterns. I know I enter this consciously and and I got permission to share this from Diana. After a couple of weeks of us seeing each other, we had an amazing connection. It was really great. I was like, oh, this, this is an amazing. It wasn't one of those like, oh my God, fireworks. I knew that that's a trauma bond. Please get this. When you meet somebody and all of a sudden it's like, Tra like fireworks that's called a trauma bond that's the chemical pull to the familiar and I knew that I wasn't really wanting that anymore I had all of the ups and downs in my last one I was like fuck I just want a place that feels like a safe home I want lo true love I read this somewhere and I want you to write this down true love feels like a warm cup of oatmeal and I was like I want that that's what I want. I don't need to have that fucking crazy bipolar shit anymore, which is a telltale sign of a trauma bond. If you've ever been one, let me know. Love to hear that. Um, so essentially, when we met, she discovered that I, was I wasn't going to be 
like I wasn't going to be inauthentic. I wasn't going to lie to her. I was like, yeah, I'm dating a few other people and it's great to be with you. And she was immediately after we uh, had kind of spent some quality time together, she had said that, oh no, I, I, I now know, I know what I want and I want, I've always wanted to feel about someone the way I feel about you and I feel that for you. And I am not going to, uh, I don't know, I'm paraphrasing, but this is kind of like what she had said, is I'm not going to um, spend any, invest any time or anything with anybody who isn't going to feel the same way about me as I do for you. And I was just like, oh, I'm not used to this because the avoidant in me would usually connect with the codependent style that was like, okay, whatever you say, I'm cool. You know, you know, you, you guys know what I'm talking about when you totally don't have boundaries in your own. You're like, okay, whatever you want, because I'm so afraid of being alone. I just want to be picked. You know, there was that energy is what I'm used to. It's just kind of like how I would roll. And she turned around and was like, no, that's not, I, I know what I feel and I want the person that I'm with to feel the same way about me as I do for you right now and that's what I want. And so I'm not willing to participate in that. And all the best to you with a text message, goodbye. And I was just like sitting there going, wait, what the fuck, huh? I'm like, wait, hold on, what do you, I was like, okay, somebody who respects and loves themselves enough to have boundaries and saying, look, we've had a connection. I know what I want. It's you. If you don't want to feel the same, I'm not going to just kind of be okay sitting on the sidelines while you, you know, play the field. And I was like, okay, well, fuck. And then she, she gave me a proposal. <laughs> I was like, what am I going to do? Because I'm not going to, I'm not going to show up lying to you. I don't want to lie. I want to be myself. I want to be loved for who I am. I want, I'm not going to fucking lie. I'm done with pretending. I'm too old for this shit. And I said, what do you propose we do? She says, give me one month. This is what she said. Give me one month of monogamy where you're not seeing other people. You're not whatever. You're just putting your effort and energy into developing our relationship. If at the end of one month you're not sure, then... And I was just like, one month, huh? Hmm. Okay. You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger-proof doesn't mean trigger-less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound and if you're curious and inspired to learn more join us at breathwork and badassery or the overview experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work there's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. All right, fine. Let's give it a shot.
So now here we are. How many how many months later? <laughs> She's sitting right there. Um I I don't know what that was. August, September? August, September. That was August, September. October, November, December, January, February, March, April. Almost May. So seven, eight months, and we have a baby on the way in October. And I couldn't be more certain. And here's the best part. This is weird. This is for you who are empath codependent with this guy you just wish that could choose the person. Oh, I just wish, I, I wish would be chosen. Here's the key. Here's the thing is I am, I trust myself. This is the difference. It wasn't that I didn't trust women. If it wasn't that I didn't trust my partners, it was that I didn't trust myself that if she were to pull away for me to avoid the work by trying to get that affection elsewhere. I didn't trust myself before. And as an insecure avoidant in recovery <laughs> to get married and actually be so committed is a fucking miracle. <laughs> it is. And here's the other part. Who showed up as the narcissist in his codependent relationships prior to now have conscious empathy be his superpower and feel so delighted about the community that he's created and the bond of secure attachment and the commitment to each other becoming the home base for for each other to heal and evolve and grow together because let's face it triggers will come up that's what the whole point of relationship is is not to be with somebody that doesn't trigger us in her vows one of the funny things that she said what did you say do you want to share it <laughs> she she basically said well can i can i just can i share the the little part that you said Yeah, I can I don't know if you can hear. Say that again. Okay. She said, I love you even even the parts when we're not getting along. But when you drive me crazy, I still want to shove you off. Yeah, even when you drive me crazy, I still want to push you off the ferry or shove you off of Mount Doug when we go hiking. That was in her vows. So in other words, and I I was a laughter over tears moment. And it was one of those things where I realized that I was with a partner who genuinely wanted to use the relationship as a safe space with me to heal and evolve and grow together. Now that's an idea that I can get behind. That's a that's an idea that I can commit to. Knowing that it's not gonna be fucking picnic and she's gonna wanna shove me. We're gonna wanna shove each other off of the ferry on more than one occasion. And we're committed to taking responsibility for our own triggers. For the sake of our baby to create a world that there's a community of people who are committed to the same thing, who want to expand and become leaders of other people to help them regulate and have them feel safe in their environments. And so that's what the community is all about. And how to heal insecure attachment wounds is by first working on becoming secure within oneself. And here's the question that I wanted to leave you with if you're ever in, in a in a situation where you can really, uh, yeah, very appreciative, for very appropriate for wedding vows, exactly. <laughs> so here's the here's the here's what I wanted to leave you with. If you find yourself in that situation where you're constantly chasing, you can take a page from from Diana's book. Is that here's the question you want to ask: Is 
who would I have to become in order to be okay pushing somebody away who wasn't willing to commit and meet me exactly halfway where I was going and how especially for you if you've shown up with the same pattern in relationships as either the needy one that's constantly hoping to be chosen versus the one who's like fuck get away from me but deep down really wanting that connection which is the avoidant say moi either one of those two it's time to wake the fuck up and take responsibility to, to heal those old attachment wounds to go on that journey to start that hike up that mountain why well because the 18,000 years days excuse me the 18,000 days that you have left research has proven that the only way those days will be meaningful the only way those, those days will be satisfying is if you have healthy relationships so you can't expect to go the next 18,000 days not having learned to master that to master what you suck at if you run a business you can always delegate the shit that you suck at to someone else that's actually great management that's actually praised way to go but in relationship I can't do that I can't delegate the shit that I suck at to my partner that's called narcissism <laughs> I must take responsibility for myself now you might be thinking what about my partner he's not doing anything yeah I know I get it inspire them by being the example by treating you and healing you and treating you the way that you would want them to treat you so that they can see by example how to treat you because they're treating you how you're treating you and all of this relationship drama that's starting to bubble up in this coronavirus time now is it's, it's why we can sit here and blame the other person which there's two people in a dance I'm not responsible for anyone else except me I'm responsible for how I decide to show up in the midst of you and your wounding in the midst of you and your resentment in the midst of you and your rage in the midst of all of that garbage that you're having to deal with and taking out on me which is how relationships become completely toxic I can rise above that by taking care of me and then being able to see you through whatever you're going through and I'm not justifying bad behavior if you're you know you're you're in a relationship where your health is on in jeopardy where your safety is in jeopardy number one is to go and create safety this doesn't apply to you <laughs> you must create some sort of a safety and a hopefully uh, you have resources around you please reach out to people and let them know you don't feel safe we've experienced that we've had that we've had that happen with within our clients and your safety is the most important thing and and once you've created a safe space where you can feel like you're not your health and your 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 body is not in jeopardy because of somebody out there who's really not in a good place their nervous system is totally dysregulated once you're there you can now focus number one priority is your own healing because when you do you now have a say in the experience of your life that you get to create moving forward and the experience you get to create for your children it's not done by negating your feelings it's done by the exact opposite by really giving them space and learning the tool your trigger box this is what I call the trigger trigger proof toolkit this is what I teach my clients we're having trainings 
uh, you know, consistently from breath work, from the overview experience that's coming up on Sunday, a lot of you are already registered. We have space for 10 people who are not our clients. Our clients are, it's like a five hour weekend workshop that I condensed in five hours. And uh, it's for all my clients. And I've opened it up for people who aren't clients, who, you know, aren't able to travel for all of those events and stuff they're like but they want to experience the magic of healing those primary attachment wounds it's like well how do I do it well I show you how and is it difficult yes is it gonna take me going back to earlier memories and bringing them up again yes is it gonna make me exhausted yes is it gonna be uncomfortable yes but this is why, this is the cool part about this is, is this, and this is why I wanted to share this with you. When you start taking this on, and I did this last a couple years ago when I moved in with my parents and healed with them, you're not only helping heal the future generation. I have a baby on the way. I'm going to make damn sure that his experience or her experience, whichever it is, we're going to wait till the, the we're going to wait till it's born. Uh, that was Diana's uh, request because if it was up to me, I'd be like, fucking tell me if it's a boy or a girl. I just need to know right now. But she, because she's been such a great influence on my life, she's inspired me to go, no, we're going to be surprised. We're going to wait. I'm like, the most impatient fucking prick in the world? You're going to make this fucker wait? Ugh, she's the perfect medicine for me. <laughs> okay, this is why I fucking locked her I put a ring on it and locked her down for the long term because she's really good for some asshole like me <laughs> and she kind of likes that part of me too and it's when she doesn't want to push me off the ferry um, so I want to create that experience for my kid and when I did now my parents have have found healing too because they were holding on to a lot of guilt because of my childhood they I mean what parent show of hands what parent doesn't have mom guilt or dad guilt it's like it totally fucking permeates everything you do and runs your life and it causes you to be an asshole to your kids which is what was happening until I could see through it and then I'd be like oh that's why they're being such assholes oh fuck it all makes sense why my parents were being such assholes to me in the time that I needed them the most and I was able to see through it and see the love that was there in through their assholeness. And it's interesting because when you can do that for your parents, moms, your kids will be able to do that for your assholeness. <laughs> That's how we break the cycle. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And so this weekend, it was so meaningful because my parents were the only ones that were present we went to the this place uh, just up island on the Malahat gorgeous location check my Facebook I mean you see some photos there in the group it was a beautiful spot it was beautiful weather uh, we had this this little camera was set up we had it on zoom I recorded it it was so tearful we had my family from all over the world having an opportunity after we had our little dance, we took some photos, we came back and we sat down on the couch and we were able to talk to one another and everybody was able to share and be, be, be part of the space of the love that we have for one another, which is really intense and it comes from a really deep, authentic, safe, grounded, secure place. And for other people to be a present to that impacts them. This is the key. 
uh, you want to create a secure attachment in your life because when you do the sum total of the two of you with that secure attachment is greater than just with you alone I have become more enhanced because of that union with Diana I have become more well-rounded I've become softer she she is my yin to my yang like we're complete fucking opposites in every way and as I'm sitting here thinking about work all the time we're walking she goes look an eagle and I'm like looking at her going fuck I have so much to learn from you she's like look at these flowers look at that flowers and I'm just like watching her I'm watching the world through her eyes and I'm like ah this is what a perfect secure attachment and we argue is like is is real it's genuine and it's not like in fantasy we go through our challenges the same way and it's interesting because I took a picture of her today I wanted to share this just kind of like uh, you know signing off here um, she's a feminist she has a sociology she has, she's got a degree in sociology she uh, is a feminist okay and here she is she's wearing her leggings and I'm gonna share she she gave me permission to share this I'm gonna post this in the moment on Instagram <laughs> so cute she's in these cute little wild weird leggings she's pregnant barefoot and in a kitchen and I was just like whoa 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 hold the press I take a picture <laughs> are you there here <laughs> there she's laughing at me right now I'm like you're a feminist <laughs> you're barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen and you're and by choice and are you are you they're under duress no she actually loves being she wants that role and she's a feminist wait what and sometimes she she kind of jokes around with me you're such a misogynist like we have that kind of fun relationship and I just took a photo. I'm I'm about to post it on Instagram in a moment. Check it out. I'd love to see what you think. But I'm like, dude, you are barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen and you're preparing my eggs and I'm just like sitting here going, wait, what? How is this possible for a master's in sociology who's a feminist in feminist studies to be in this situation? whoa stop the fucking press how is that possible that I'm gonna leave you just gonna leave you with that little kind of tongue twister or mind fuck of how that's possible you let me know cuz I'm still trying to figure that shit out <laughs> for those of you who are coming on Sunday to our event I can't wait it's gonna start off with you literally meeting face to face first of all we get you into your body and over the five hours you get to literally see everything you've ever been stopped by in your emotional brain your childlike mind and by the end of it you will have learned how to integrate your adult mind and your child mind so that you can break through that freeze response in your nervous system dysregulation show up in your heart and ready to serve your gifts because you have them we just lose access from a disconnected and then our relationships are not satisfying and our purpose is not satisfying and all of that can be totally turned around when you learn to just go in rather than pointing fingers and grab the mirror in your relationship instead of the glass looking for 
and being able to grab a mirror instead. Life is far more satisfying with secure attachments. Let me know what resonated with you in this training. Um, I'm grateful to be able to share this with you. It's coming straight from my heart with a real big why behind it. And I'm super duper stoked to guide you over the next couple of years towards helping you create secure attachments. Dr. Shafali said it takes two years. And I can attest to it because two years ago at this time, I was in fucking rock bottom place. And now I got a baby on the way. I have a beautiful security a heart that's literally overflowing with gratitude and a deep desire to kind of show to kind of guide you on that path with my little flashlight carrying this going dude I know what it's like let's climb together it's it's a absolute privilege for me to be guiding you and if you have any questions let me know and I'd love to see you if you're curious and for those of you that are really gonna jump in and ready to face your fears and jump in and join us on Sunday I'm super duper stoked. Send me a, send me a DM and let's chat.